There we go. All right, let's go ahead and get started here. All right, so we are on what I um, said, it's called the pastoral epistles. And originally, um, the name for these two books, Timothy and Titus, um, they were, of course, Paul did not give the name um, pastoral epistles to them. Um, it was given by, of course, scholars and uh, men, institution of men and things of that sort, um, because they believe that these are letters that pastors should read. <laughs> and um, that is basically far from, from the truth. Um, a lot of people don't uh, know much about Timothy or Titus. I think people know more about Timothy more than Titus. Um, and so um, these letters here are not just for pastors. It's not just for those who are leading a church. But these letters here um, is to, to show us how a healthy church should look like, um, how the leadership structure should look like, how healthy families should look like. Um, and also, um, of course, the, the, one of the underlying, underlying themes that we've been dealing with um, in Paul's epistles is uh, false teaching and false teachers. And so um, those, those two things are, are, are like the running theme with a lot, of his, um, a lot of his letters. And so of course we're dealing with that um, some more. And so um, these, are, these, these are personal letters, of course, to Timothy and, and Titus. And um, they're, he's giving them instructions uh, basically for their next assignment. And so uh, I just want to open the floor real quick. Um, do you, uh, someone tell me what they know just in general about Timothy and Titus or, or Titus, either one. Nobody don't know anything about Timothy or Titus. Okay, all right, all right. Well, that's that's cool. I just wanted to see, um, just from general understanding or general knowledge, to see if anyone know anything about um, Timothy and Titus. Uh, we ran, we of course ran into them uh, when looking in the Book of Acts. Um, we uh, have a, a understanding. We we um, see where uh, they met Paul on his missionary journeys and things of that sort. So I just wanted to see if anybody knew anything about uh, Timothy and Titus just by reading or just something they picked up. But I will go ahead and just jump in then. Um, and so um, with with the uh, the books of of Timothy and, and Titus. Um, when it comes to dating the books, um, it really depends on, uh, once you begin to do a deeper study, um, it really depends on whether or not you believe that Paul was in prison once or Paul was in prison twice. Um, that will determine, um, <laughs> I don't know if he's on it, <laughs> um, uh, whether or not, uh, uh, the dates are uh, whether or not you uh, understand the dates of, of the book, depending on uh, whether you think that Paul was in prison once or twice. 
a question was asked a few weeks ago, um, asking that did Paul die in 62? And a lot of scholars believe that Paul did die in 62 because they only um, believe that Paul was in prison once. And they believe that Paul wrote all the prison epistles, all the pastoral epistles um, in this first imprisonment. But um, there are others um, who believe that um, Paul was in prison twice and that in his first imprisonment, um, he wrote um, uh, the prison epistles. And then in his second um, imprisonment that he wrote, I believe second, second Timothy. And so, um, and there's um, evidence in scripture that shows that Paul was released after his first imprisonment and that he did even more travel um, uh, before he was um, in prison again, five years later. And so, um, so it really depends on your belief system because you'll see out there if you're doing maybe a Google search or um, I think even in the book that we have, I think he gives like two dates sometimes. Um, yeah, he gives two dates um, because there are some who just believe that he wrote it all in his first imprisonment and some believe that no, he was in prison again, in the Roman prison again. And he wrote um, Second Timothy and on his uh, release, when he was free, um, he wrote first, first Timothy and Titus. So, um, so it really depends. It really depends on that. Um, I remember, do. I remember coming across that argument and mm -hmm. was like thoroughly confused. Like, wait, huh? What, how, where in the world? And it's yeah. like, oh yeah, he got out. He went and saw a couple more things and then he went back. And then I've, in my research, that has even come up in my study and teaching at church. Like, oh yeah. my God. And I remember you was just like, oh, I'm seeing where you're trying to pick this out at. You know what I mean? So, Because <laughs> yeah. what throws many scholars off is the fact that Acts just ends with his impris first imprisonment. And they're like, okay, well, he must have just been in prison once because Luke is pretty detailed guy and he would have written about the second imprisonment, but um, he did not. But when you begin to read Timothy and Titus, there are like hints in, in the uh, books that tells that he was, he was released um, and he was released for some time and he did some extensive traveling. And so it's just really just putting the pieces, to, pieces together. So yeah, like I said, like when you begin to delve and do some studying, you begin to see the pieces and begin to develop a conviction on your own about the uh, his imprisonment and things of that sort. So yeah, yeah. Um, could someone tell me now, Paul? He he um, released Timothy and Titus to do some work. Where did um, where did Paul release Timothy and Titus to though? In what cities or countries? Where did he release them? Anybody? If y'all did the reading, amen. <laughs> no? All right, all right. Y'all gonna make me work this class. That's fine. Um, so Timothy was released to the Asia Minor or Ephesus. They, they say Ephesus, but when you see Ephesus in scripture, uh, more than likely you're talking about the Asia Minor. Um, and so 
Timothy, let me show, let me see here. Let me go to the map here. Timothy was um, assigned to the Asia Minor area, which is this, uh, I don't know what color is on your screen, maybe an orangish salmon color. <laughs> and uh, Titus was uh, released to Crete, this island here. And, um, and so um, it is, it is uh, some people say it is good to say that um, Ty Timothy was uh, released to the Asia Minor rather than just one church because Titus, he, he had a whole island, a whole island of churches to take care of. Plus, um, since Crete is a, a, attached to Achaia, he was over here as well. Um, when you read um, 2 Corinthians, he had some interaction. Titus had some interaction with the Corinthian church as well. And so it would, it would be okay to say that Timothy um, were, were responsible for all the churches in the Asia Minor, not just um, Ephesus. Because remember, when we read the Ephesian letter, it's not originally addressed to Ephesus, to the Ephesian church. It is, it, it was added in later, remember? And so Ephes the um, Ephesian letter is a circular letter along with Colossians. And so you could say this is like letter, like Asia one <laughs> and Colossians would be like Asia two. <laughs> and so it was circulated within the Asia minor. And so, um, and so uh, Paul, he released them uh, to, to, uh, to go and um, establish some, some um, structure there. So why do you think Paul didn't go himself? I mean, by this time he was free from jail. Why do you think that Paul didn't go to Crete in the Asia Minor to establish leadership? Would, would not Paul wanted to have checked in on some other locations before he yeah. did that? Yeah, yeah, that's part, that's part of the reason, yeah. So um, like when we left off um, reading in um, Acts 20, he was given given his final kind of farewell to the uh, Ephesus church. And so he knew that his time was coming to an end. And so to maximize his time, he began to release a lot of people to hit certain areas, to establish places, to look after certain churches while he went to other churches as well. Because when we see, when we look at this, um, the letter timeline, after he uh, after he wrote Philippians, when he was released from Rome in 62, he went to Macedonia. So he went to the Philippian church. Remember, we talked about that last, last time we met, that he told the Philippian church, when I get out, I'm coming to see you all. And so that's exactly what he did. He went to uh, the Macedonia area, um, visit the, uh, the churches in Macedonia, and um, and so, yeah, so he went north and um, told his boys to, let me see if I can get my mouse going, uh, told his boys to go south, basically. So Macedonia is up here, and then Crete is down, uh, yeah, Macedonia's up here, Crete is down here, and Ephesus is over here. So they're covering some, uh, a lot of land here. And then when you begin to read Timothy and Titus, you will see that he released even more people to cover some areas as well. 
Okay. So, uh, so someone tell me what office did Timothy and Titus hold or what position or what function? Now, did- now this is troublesome. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> somebody, somebody help, help, help us out here. Now, in my reading, <laughs> okay, I, I have found that it, like, it just depends on who you're dealing with, where they're coming from, that some would even call them literal pastors. Yeah. Some will call them just pastors. And then some will call them, I, uh, what I have been learning, this whole greater and lesser than type of apostles. You know, they would um, present them in that manner, um, but they keep using this term lesser than because they didn't have that same authority as the main apostles. So that's what I've found those offices that they have, you know, potentially operated in concerning that. And uh, have you come to a conviction of, of which one? First Thessalonians chapter four. Oh, give me scripture. Verses 11 through 12. You're in my business. <laughs> oh, I, your business. I was like, wait, that doesn't talk about office. <laughs> you see how the enemy like to do a uh, use scripture? <laughs> oh, wait. Hey, but honestly, I mean, if you haven't yet, then just say I haven't come to a conviction. It's, it's, it's well, at the end of the day, I have not. I have thoughts, but I have not like, oh, I'm standing firm on this. You know how Paul told, told Thessalonians, stand firm on the, you know, whatever. I have not gotten to that point. I have my thoughts. So I'm kind of torn between two opinions. <laughs> okay. All right. Anybody else want to um, give an answer on what function or what position that Timothy and Titus play? Titus had the responsibility of establishing elders in the church. So I had to be at least one of the higher roles because like not just anybody can just start a church. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. So a higher position than the elder. That's what uh, Reggie Jr. is is standing on. Anybody else want to get their uh, thoughts on it? Now, when you say higher position than the elder, that 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 jumps at my conviction as well, because in my study and trying to figure this out concerning the church, I am learning that if you compare the, the church in its infancy stage to the church eventually growing some, you know, 50, 60 years later, that the quote unquote title of an elder in the church is the almost equivalent to what we would call the apostles in the beginning of the church. So it's almost like the elders are, as as Reggie Jr. puts it, the higher position in the church already. So this is why my conviction is so, you know, scattered, you know, because I'm like, you know, as the apostles and all these people kind of did their thing and we started reading further you hear about strong strong elders and all of this kind of stuff so you know they could have been elders as well um so now i'm torn between three opinions (laughs) or help them lord anybody want to help 
uh, Wayman out here. <laughs> Anybody? I got a lot in my head, man. I got a lot going on. No, y'all just gonna leave them out on the boat. All right. Man, where the elders at? Don't leave me out here. Where the elders at? Elders. Okay. okay. Elder Tracy's got a little something. Oh, Lord, help us. Where just they a little something. Well, since in, since in Timothy, there's so much discussion of deacons, um, and we've been talking about how deacons, overseers, bishop, and all of that were, um, or at least elder, overseer, bishop were about the same word. Deacon would definitely be someone who assisted and served the elders directly. And Paul had a great deal of trust and Timothy and would send him places as his emissary. So, I mean. So you're saying that uh, Paul was an elder? No. I would say so. Huh? I would say so. Oh. Elder, um, apo elder apostle. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Making up a new title. We're talking about Timothy though. That's why I think she's trying to focus on Paul. We talking about Timothy, right? Yeah, so, and because I said Deacon served the elders. That's why she's zero. Oh, so you said Paul, Paul, mm -hmm. elder Timothy. I'm just saying, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, the Timothy, yeah, the Timothys had so much teaching on deacons. Um, so again, so, so you saying Timothy was overwhelmingly talking about deacons in his letter? Um, you know, if anyone desires to be this and this and this and this, and you know, all right, I said I had a little something, something to say. I didn't say I had a whole okay, uh, I just have a thesis to deliver. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you wanna wanna say? I see Lindsay logged off, so he ain't helping. He left y'all on the boat. Uh, Tammy, or Tammy being smart and not saying none at all. <laughs> I was just gonna say they were servants in the Lord's church. Amen. <laughs> yes, yes, the, the they diaconos. were. <laughs> the, the diaconos. But um, I think that they had the. Uh, responsibility to oversee the church and, and put elders in place. So um, if they were a, a lesser apostle or an elder, uh, which we know the term overseer, bishop, and elder, depending on where you were, was the same term. Mm -hmm. So um, I believe that they were overseers where they were sent, but um, they, they also had to put like the elders in place position as well to oversee um where they were at the moment so that's all okay. i have to okay okay <laughs> okay anybody else want to jump in before i just uh give my my viewpoint on it get to it okay all right all right all right all right we want so, conviction <laughs> <laughs> right so paul is considered an apostle Okay, we see that in his letters, he, he calls himself Paul, the apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so he had people with him um, while he was traveling. They were 
basically disciples uh, while they were traveling with him. Um, they, you know, believed in Paul's work and some, some, some he will, you know, pull along with him to, to travel. So when Paul releases uh, Timothy and Titus, we see in scripture and we see um, in this book, in the book that we have that um, they consider uh, Timothy and Titus to be Paul's assistants. And in that, uh, Paul gave them his authority um, to establish um, leadership, to establish structure uh, within the church. And so they were considered apostles as well. Okay. Now they, when you, I don't want to get too muddy and murky when talking about what is an L, I mean, what is an apostle and things of that sort. But I will say this, that um, Paul, you know, he was chosen by Jesus Christ. Remember the road to Damascus. He was chosen by Jesus Christ to be an apostle. And so Paul extended his authority to um, other men to do the work, the same work. But the other men, they can't extend their authority to someone else because it didn't originally reside with them first. And so they would just be considered uh, what Wayman was talking about, the lesser apostle um, or a second tier apostle, you, you, you can say. And so um, elders um, in scripture, uh, no, no, let me not jump to elders real quick. Apostles, um, while they were building the foundation of the church, apostles can, can be in every office. Apostle can be a prophet. The apostle can be an evangelist. The apostle can be um, a pastor and an apostle can be a teacher because they are establishing the foundation of the church. So they have to go in and be all of that so they can begin to, um, uh, they, they, they begin to preach and then they begin to teach and begin to build people up to to do that type of work so then so then they don't have to be all um, in that particular church and so when it comes to to um uh an elder an elder must be chosen from among the congregation from among the church an outside elder can't come in so an elder from philippi can't come in to um to ephesus and try to be an elder he would be considered an outsider to the local church. And so um, elders are, that's why he had Timothy and Titus to go and to establish eldership amongst them. So Timothy and Titus were not elders, they were apostles and they were doing the teaching and they were doing the exhorting, things of that sort. And, um, and you know, as long, when God called them, called the elders, you know, to a position, whatever he, they basically confirmed it and set order and structure in the church. Okay. Any questions so far? I know I kind of said a mouthful right there. So any questions or comments so far? The, the, what, the, my comment, <clears throat> which is very short and I'm, cause I know you're going to kind of progress forward is the fact mm -hmm. that you said that it was one word that I think you said in this <clears throat> was at the beginning of the church. I think that's how you said that. Yes. And I and I'm in my mind, 
is trying is processing not the information but that phrase <laughs> so that I can prep myself to go forward in hearing more because you know and you know I would stop there like oh that's all I need to hear let me jump forward so right yeah yeah we don't stop there because remember this is just foundation church the church yeah. has been around um now about 30 years and there's they're still building the the foundation um of the church and um when it when it comes when it comes to looking at apostles the apostles had to fit certain criteria and uh, they had to uh, been a part of jesus's teaching they had to be his disciple they had to witness his resurrection um and so there there were only a handful of people that could fit that that role of apostle so once the apostles died um there there was no one that can fill that criteria and so um i don't want to go too far left but you don't want to stop right here as far as uh when it comes to leadership in the church on how it's supposed to be today based on the the based on this foundation or, or whatnot because you have to understand like i I've always say god's progressive movement we have to understand um historical theology meaning that we need to understand what happened after the first period of church history of, of this period apostolic period what happened after that what happened after that what happened after that or whatnot to understand the structure that we have today so with with today's structure apostles they did the foundational work and once that foundation was laid there was no need for an apostle. So elders and deacons are considered local, local offices. Apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, teachers, um, and pastors or shepherds are, are universal positions. And, um, and so you can have, nope, I don't want to go. Say that one more time. Say that one more time. <laughs> I was like, shoot, I done jumped on the boat and I didn't want to jump on it. Uh, <laughs> Say that one more time, then you can jump off. Then you can jump <laughs> off. You want so, uh, Jesus, gave, Jesus gave to the church um, five five offices. Uh, and we we find that in Corinthians, right? Um, he, he gave, I mean, um, Ephesians, sorry. We find that in Ephesians 4. Um, he gave apostles, prophets, teachers, um, evangelists, and shepherds. Okay, those are those are universal and they're only given to a few people. Not everyone will hear the call to these offices. Um, and so then he uh, gave local offices as well, which is elders and deacons. Those are considered offices. Okay. And so um, when establishing, remember when you establish a church, it has to be, you have to be um, uh, uh, gathering a community of non-believers, converting them over to believers and doing teaching amongst them, as you see what Paul did. And so once they went around, began to establish things, things of that sort, um, then, then the... Uh, I will say then um, basically the church was established. The gospel was being spread. But remember that 
apostles don't find churches. It's not the only one that find that that establish churches. Right. Uh, disciples do the same thing. Apostles in in this case just went around and just made sure everything was in line. Make sure you know you had elder. Make sure you know they they were just like Timmy said, overseeing, kind of just making sure that everything's in place. But they didn't do it all the time. They didn't do it for every every city or whatever that existed out there. They just went certain area, you know, because they're only one person. So they just went to see, make sure everything was in in place or whatnot. So, but when it comes to understanding the apostles, elder, blah blah blah, it, it's it's a very extensive teaching. And so I'm just trying to really kind of kind of be surface on um, when it comes to Timothy and Titus. They were. Ex- <laughs> Um, Paul's authority and they went to establish because um, these are places that Paul already went to but he had to of course leave hastily and didn't um, establish eldership and things of that sort so he made sure that he sent somebody uh, his representatives to go there to make sure everything was in place handle the administrative work and things of that sort so that's what Timothy and Titus were Okay, they just um, established leadership um, in these in these places here. Okay, so when we're looking at the when we're looking at the letters, we don't want to um, be confined with the title of pastoral epistles because they're not. Um, when we when we're looking at scripture, um, pastors don't lead churches; elders do. And so these are letters of instructions for for the church, okay? And so in these letters, um, we see um, Paul gives them the vision of how a healthy family should look like, um, what a healthy church should look like, um, what leadership structure should look like, and um, how to deal with fierce wolves, how to deal with false teachings and things of that sort. And so that's what we're dealing with um, in these letters here, okay? Um, and again, every time you mention that concept, I always think about the Church of God in Christ structure on how uh, uh, that I found out that no matter what title you hold, you can pastor, bishop, whoever you are, at the end of the day, that license that's down there with them says elder for everybody. And they'll even put on a lot of their uh, a lot of their stuff, like such, such, such. And it might have pastor somewhere, but then it'll say Elder Wayman Dean. You feel what I'm saying? Like, and yeah. I so and I always was like, how would they even they'll make sense if you just if they got titles, just throw it. But then if, if somebody in creating, trying to create their leadership structure comes across some information like that, then they would try to impute that to try to, you know what I mean? Trying to figure something out there. So I always think that's interesting because I don't see everybody that's like, no, every license we have is the license of a, is, is the license of an elder. Everybody has that license. You know what I mean? I don't care if they got ordained, there's nothing. They all, we all had that same elder's license. So I thought that was kind of- Right, yeah. That triggered I'm, that thought. That is um, somewhat biblical. Uh, because the only two offices that really existed in the local church well, were elders. You can be an elder and you could teach. So you can be an elder who teaches or an elder who shepherds. Who shepherds, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it's, so it's no need to take an offense to 
especially in the church, to being called an elder over something else. You know what I mean? Some people are like, uh-uh, I'm not that. I'm more than that. And it's like, that's it's okay to be an elder. Like, I don't know why those elders and deacons in our modern day church is so like offensive to people because we've decided that all these other things are better than we we put glitz and glamour on the other ones yes yeah be a prophet yeah glitz and glamour to be an apostle and things of that sort but when it comes to elder you don't hear any any hype no or the deacon or a deacon oh a glorified janitor a glorified janitor and i'm just like no not at all they have more qual- qual- prerequisites than an elder, to be honest. Deacon, Deacon has a very important position in yeah. um, yeah. church. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I digress on that one. But yeah, yeah. yep, yep. So uh, when we're looking at Timothy, um, Timothy um, was written, uh, people, uh, see, Timothy was written about 62 AD. If you go in your book, um, the, the section on Timothy. Um, I'm not sure what page it is on your hardback book. If someone wants to yell it out, um, first Timothy section. So my book is 2:30, and I don't think that's right for the Reggie Junior. Got my book. So what page is it, Reggie? <laughs> <laughs> calling him out. <laughs> so. So um, the the book of is page two forty eight two four two forty eight okay Timothy yes yes yep okay awesome so we're there right now so we understand that of course the author of the letter of Timothy is is Paul um, I was reading some arguments that people don't believe it was written by Paul that it was written under a false name and all that stuff yeah so but it's just too much overwhelming evidence. Um, within scripture, uh, that uh, Paul is the author of of Timothy. Um, This letter was written about um, 62 AD, uh, right after his first imprisonment while he was um, in Macedonia. Um, He wrote to to Timothy, giving him instructions. And so Paul wrote to assist Timothy in his oversight of the church. Um, As Paul apostolic representative, Timothy was reminded of his authority and of his ministry responsibilities. Paul also wrote to instruct those in the church about their responsibilities in the local assembly. So that's basically the the purpose um, of the the book of um, uh, the letter of Timothy here. when we're looking um, at at special considerations with Timothy, um, does anybody remember how Paul met Timothy? Uh, Let me see if I can jog y'all memory. Um, Paul made Timothy uh to uh, circumcise to be circumcised that should jog your memory yeah that much i was remembering i was thinking i know timothy was a greek and mm-hmm. so paul made him get circumcised well his and, father and timothy's mother and grandmother 
um, had certain gifts and uh, that's about all I can remember. Okay. Anybody else? On one of his journeys, that's when they came across each other. Right. One of his journeys. Yep. Uh, anybody else? I just remember you saying um, Timothy was uh, mentored by Paul at one point. I could be wrong, though. Yeah, no, that's right. That is correct. That is correct. Um, any, anybody else? Okay, so Timothy met um, Paul on his second missionary journey. Uh, when Paul went back around to the Galatia uh, churches, he met Timothy there. Um, his mother was a Jew. His father was a Greek. Um, he met Timothy right after the decree at, Jer at the Jerusalem Council um, that, uh, that any Gentile who um, is being converted over to the church, they don't have to be circumcised. But Paul made Timothy to um, be circumcised. The fact that, you know, his father was a Greek and the fact that Timothy was about to travel um, with, with him. Um, so to, you know, stop the murmuring and stop the, the chatting or whatever, he made Timothy um, to, to be um, circumcised. And so it was on his second missionary journey. And so after that missionary journey, that's when they went um, to Troas to pick up Luke. And then from, from Troas, they went to uh, the city of Philippi. Okay. So he met him on his journey. So Timothy Ben has been with Paul Oh, for, for a while now. So his second missionary journey started about, uh, about, about 50, I think like 52 or so. Um, and so, and so now it's about 62. So Paul's, uh, Timothy's been with Paul for about 10 years now. Okay. 10 to 12 years now, um, give or take some years. And so, um, so Paul has a lot of trust in Timothy because sometimes he will send, um, Timothy, um, back to a city to check up on them, um, to make sure everything was in place. And Timothy will come back to report to Paul on the things that were going on. So Tim, uh, so Paul had a lot of trust in Timothy. Uh, Paul, uh, Timothy was one of basically a disciple. So he was learning um, under Paul. He was learning, you know, um, about church governance. He was learning about um, this new uh, revelation when it came to the church about um, justification and sanctification and learning how to um, maintain the unity of faith and things of that sort. I mean, we're all being under Paul. So he was being discipled. And so now um, Timothy's at a place where uh, now it's time for Timothy to do the same work as Paul. And this, this right here really shows us the, the structure of discipleship, how when you're coming into uh, in a local church um, and you're uh, submitting yourself to discipleship, you should be um, first a learner. And in learning, you should be in training. You should, you should uh, be in studying. And so Timothy was doing that while being with Paul uh, with these 10 years. And so now Timothy's at a place where he can do the same thing as Paul. And so that's how um, it's, it's supposed to be. Now, um, Timothy is released. He's now a mentor. He's now being a model. We see that um, in the letter, how Paul is telling Timothy to make sure that you are a model and be above reproach. 
um, be an example. Don't know, don't let nobody despise, you know, who you are because you're young, um, but continue to walk in the statue uh, the Lord Jesus has called you to be. So he's giving him encouragement to do the same work. And that's how it's supposed to be, you know, when we're looking at the, the church structure today, I don't want for you all to just be in this program for years and I don't um, train you up, train you all or give you all study habits and tips and things of that sort. And then you just, you don't, you don't go make disciples. Everyone who is called to be um, a believer is going to hear the call to make disciples. So me as a, as a trainer, me as a, an elder who's a teacher, I'm supposed to, you know, help you all um, in the scriptures and, and also to help build you guys up so that you can make disciples of your own. Because there are some uh, who are going to hear the call to be an elder. And, um, and it may be, you may be called to hear, uh, the position to be an elder here at this church. And I can't be one of those people who just hold on to a position for 50 years and not make room for those who are under me. I'm supposed to supposed to bring people up. I'm supposed to basically, I always say I'm supposed to work myself out of a job. I always say that. So if I, if, if the Lord is, is saying like, you know, this person here is, um, is uh, destined for, for leadership and destined to, to be an elder and things of that sort, I, as a, as a leader, is supposed to cultivate the gifts um, that are inside you, inside you all to bring you all up. And so that's what, that's what Paul did. He cultivated the gifts. He told Timothy to remember the gifts that you have inside of you. Fan the flame. Stir up the gifts that are inside of you. Don't forget that you have this gifting inside of you. Don't, don't think of yourself so small, um, but you have a great, a great anointing. You have great gifts inside of you. And so that's, um, that's what um, Timothy um, had to deal with um, when dealing with the, the church of, um, at Ephesus. Let me see here. So aside from Luke, um, Timothy was probably the closest of Paul's companions Timothy was um, probably converted on Paul's first missionary journey when Paul and Barnabas preached in the cities of Lystria and Derbe. According to Acts 16, Timothy had a Greek father and a Jewish mother who instructed him in the scriptures. Because remember that uh, Paul and um, well, Paul went to Galatia twice. Barnabas only went once. Because remember, after the first uh, missionary journey. Barnabas went, Paul, Paul and Barnabas went separate ways because they had a dispute over John Mark. Um, and so it's believed uh, through church history, it's believed that Barnabas did ministry down in Africa. He went, he went south while uh, Paul, he did ministry up north, um, up in um, the Europe, Asia area. And so, um, and so that's uh, about uh, Timothy. And so one of the, the major things that um, that you like that, that we'll see in these letters, of course, is about false teaching. False teaching was always a concern. This is something that Paul saw right before he was um, put in jail. Um, he went to the Ephesian elders and he told them to make sure you guard the flock, make sure you guard one another. And there are, people are going to be uh, speaking twisted things to draw away disciples. And so he told him, he said, be alert. Remembering, remembering that for three years, I did not cease night and day to admonish everyone with tears. And so when we think of spiritual warfare, um, this is, this is an aspect of spiritual warfare is guarding the word of God um, to make sure that 
um, that no one would creep in and begin to teach crazy things. Um, we as um, leaders and we as elders, we must be um, always in our word, uh, becoming solidified in our word so that when people come and begin to teach these off things, we're able to discern uh, what they're saying and we're able to, you know, push out or, or begin to correct um, the things that they're trying to trying to to teach. Because I know we see it in, in some of these churches that people will come because they feel that, you know, they won't let me do this here, there at the previous church. So I'm going to come over here and then they try to teach this stuff without first permission. <laughs> and then they begin to say some off things. And so now the church is looking at the elders and looking at leadership and saying, so what's, what's, what's with uh, sister such and such teaching this, what is this about? And if you're not solidified in your, in your Bible, that you could be overtaken by Satan because Satan is very sneaky. He's very crafty with words and you may hear it and say, Oh, that sounds pretty good. Um, but when you look at scripture, you can see it's completely wrong. And so we as leaders, we have to always be in our word. We have to always be abiding in our word. Uh, we have to always um, know the tricks and the, and the schemes of the enemy, okay? Um, so when we're looking at uh, 1 Timothy, he gives his um, salutation uh, to Timothy um, that he told him to hold it of good faith and good conscience. Um, when we, let me see here. Uh, talked about in the summary uh, in the book about uh, false teachers always has been an issue. Um, we talked actually we talked a little bit um, uh, in Bible study, and we've been talking about it for the past few months about the type of doctrine that existed during that time that was coming up against um, the way of Jesus Christ uh, was Gnosticism. Uh, that's believed that you can receive this spiritual knowledge. Um, you can receive knowledge spiritually. You can uh, receive salvation spiritually and things of that sort. And asceticism um, is when, the, when they believe that flesh is bad and spirit is good. So I can do whatever I want to do in my flesh because my- That's only the term I could not remember on Wednesday. Asceticism. Yeah. Oh my God. I cannot remember that name on Wednesday. Jesus. It, you said asceticism, but you got the definitions mixed up. Man. And, and I was like, wait, wait, no, no. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh my God, that's wrong. No. But yeah. So, the, <laughs> and so asceticism is, um, is basically they think everything flesh is bad. And so they don't feed into the flesh and that spirit is good. Um, and so there's two sides of it. Um, and it's in the book. It's in this book here. It's in the um, kind of the beginning chapters of the book. Um, it talks about mis uh, mystery religion. It talks about asceticism. It talks about Gnosticism. So if you want to refresh your memory on that, it's in this book here. OK, he talks about it here. Um, and so that it, it was growing rapidly. I mean, it was it was growing. So it was growing so wild um, in that. Um, it wasn't that outsiders were coming in teaching this. It was people from among them who claimed to believe in Jesus Christ, who claimed to have this you know, life in Jesus. And they were teaching these off things. Remember, Paul gave the warning. He said, it's going to be people, it's going to be wolves from among you that's going to be teaching this false doctrine. 
And so he's giving this warning to, to Timothy about this, okay? And so he's giving concerns about the life of the church. He's talking about apostasy, concerning the groups in the church, um, talking about um, uh, widows. And um, I, think, I think this is the one. I always get Timothy and Titus mixed up. Uh, he was talking about um, the women, the women in the church and um, how he should, uh, why, I'm not going to get on that topic, about how he... Um, said, you know, don't let women teach if there's not a man present and all that stuff. And of course, there's some um, historical implications with that on the reason why he said that. Okay, so we're not going to get into that. But um, when we finally take a class just on Pauline epistles, there's a class just for Pauline epistles, we're going to we're going to um, we're going to get into that. Okay. Um, okay. Um, and so um, so yeah, so that's pretty much the, the gist of uh, Timothy. Um, it gives warning about false teachers. It, it, it talks about um, how to operate in a public assembly. It, it gives the, um, the qualifications for elders and qualifications for deacons and things of that sort. And so basically Timothy, I mean, Paul is giving Timothy just uh, like a how-to book, basically. <laughs> and so, um, so this is where we as a church today, we can get our instructions on how to build a healthy church, okay? All right, I want to jump into Titus um, real quick. I, uh, people don't really know a lot about ty Titus. We know a lot, kind of a, well, I thought we knew. No one said anything about Timothy, but <laughs> but uh, uh, many people would know more about Titus, I mean, Timothy than they know Titus, okay? So I definitely want to hop into, into Titus real quick. Um, does anybody know how Paul met Titus? Now, this is one that probably not people know about because it's very subtle in scripture, um, all of a sudden Titus was just on the scene. That's what it just seems like. But um, let me go back. Yeah, so, um, so let me tell the story on how Tim, uh, Paul met Titus. Uh, Paul, you remember um, the church at Antioch? That was the church. I will ask questions, but I don't, I don't think we have a lot of time, but that, that was the church that um, had this explosion of Gentile believers. Right. And so it was reported back to the Jerusalem Council, like, look, there there are a bunch of Gentiles receiving receiving Christ um, going with this gospel here. Um, we need to figure out what we need to do. So that's when the Jerusalem Council sent Barnabas to Antioch to try to handle some things. But Barnabas went to go get Paul. Paul was in. Um, what was he in? Tro Troas. He was in Troas. Um, he would go get Paul. So Paul and Barnabas and some other elders, they began to teach and to exhort um, the Gentile believers. Um, and so when you read Galatians chapter two, verses one, Paul talks about that time in Antioch. And he says, this is where I met Titus. So Titus was amongst the Gentile believers in Antioch. And Titus was with Paul through all of his missionary journeys. I had no idea. I thought Titus came on like after Timothy. No, Titus was there in the beginning of Paul's missionary journeys. Okay. So he's been with Titus close to, um, he started his missionary journeys in 48. And so now it's about 64. 
So about what, uh, 16, about 16 years, my math is bad. Tracy would correct me. But uh, about that time, about 16 years or so, um, uh, of, uh, of Paul's ministry, he basically almost 20 years he's been with, he's been with Paul. And so, um, and so now we see that Titus is being, um, uh, being released from Paul to be an apostle. Okay. So this is, this is where Titus, I don't think a lot of people know the story with Titus. They're kind of familiar with Timothy, but when it comes to Titus, Titus was there from the very beginning. And I think the, the funny part about Timothy and Titus is that they were not Jews. They were Gentiles. And Paul had his, the most trust in these Gentile believers. And a lot of the um, other believers that are mentioned in Titus and things of that sort, you will see that they were Gentiles as well. But Paul had so much trust in them. <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of the history with, with, with Titus. Okay. So with Titus, Paul wrote this letter to remind Titus to complete his organizational matters in the church on the Island of Crete. He also encouraged him to teach the doctors of faith in, and in so doing refute the false teachers. So Titus had the same issue of Timothy dealing with false teaching. He had to establish some, um, leadership in, in Crete. And so in, in, um, let me see here. Okay. So Titus, like I said, apparently was saved under Paul's ministry, became an important assistant to Paul in his ministry to the Gentiles. Titus was at the heart of the law controversy in the early days of the church, being Paul's proof that Gentiles can't be saved apart from the law. But Titus did not have to be circumcised. <laughs> because he was a believer before the law was established. Okay. And so they already knew about Titus. So it wasn't anything new or whatever, but Timothy had to be because of where they were going and they, because of what they knew about Tim, uh, Timothy's family and things of that sort, it wasn't really known about Timothy's family or his background or whatever. So um, it wasn't really required for Titus to be circumcised while traveling with with Paul or whatnot. So um, so yeah, that's kind of the background with with Titus. Um, even though with these letters, uh, we usually go to Acts to find historical background on them, um, but we know that Acts ended abruptly, and so we don't have any history when it comes to these letters. But we can find out how Timothy and Titus. Um, uh, basically uh known of Paul okay we can look in these books here and kind of put some pieces together here okay uh one thing also to know about Titus uh Paul calls Titus a strong encourager he calls him that in the book of uh second Corinthians he said you know when I was down um in my spirit and things of that sort Titus came to encourage me he also encouraged you all so Titus he was very strong in faith he had, he said he like a faith, like this hope and this joy, like no other. That's what Paul kind of describes Titus as being. And um, so Titus, he had a lot of interaction with the Corinthian church. And so it would make sense to put Titus in Crete because uh, Corinthians is part of the Achaia area there. And so they, they know Titus already. Okay. And so um, let's see here. The summary, this is kind of the summary of it. You get the introduction. 
the importance of godly leadership um, in the church, the importance of godly living in the church, the importance of godly living outside the church. So um, not people, many people realize that the scripture gives us instructions on how to deal with people who are outside the church. A lot of people don't really see that in, in scripture or don't really understand that. We only see, we see a lot of how we should interact with one another, those who are believers. But you don't really see a lot of scripture that tells you how to interact with, with non-believers. And so Titus give us, gives us that insight there on how to interact with non-believers. And um, it also talks about how um, each, each group in the church should, should conduct themselves when it comes to being a parent, when it comes to being a man or a woman, or even the youth, how they should conduct themselves in church. If you're a widow, if you're a slave, um, uh, you should know how to conduct yourselves um, in the church. And of course, he talks about godly leadership. If you're going to have a healthy church, you're going to have to have healthy leadership. And if you don't have healthy leadership, then you're not going to have a healthy church, flat out, because the, the, leaders, the leadership kind of sets the tone, kind of sets the mood for the, uh, for the church. And if, it's, it's, if there's chaos on the top, there's going to be chaos at the bottom. I, I guarantee it. And so um, Paul is giving Titus instructions on how to, have, how to establish healthy leadership and how to, have, um, how to have healthy families in the church as well. Because if your church is healthy, more than likely you're, it's going to tr trickle down to your, your family. Um, if, they're, um, if they're disciples, if they're involved in church, it's going to trickle down to that, to have healthy families in, in the church, okay? Um, and also um, in the conclusion, when you look at the conclusion of the letter, um, he, gives, he gives Titus um, three brief instructions. He tells Titus to remove divisive people from the assembly after they have two warnings. And so people think that leadership is mean and yeah, I need to extend grace and all that stuff. Yeah, we do. He said after two warnings and on that third warning, you need to remove them. If they have not corrected themselves and they still teaching all this off stuff and not following, uh, you know, church protocol and not following the word of God, then you have every right to remove them as leaders. OK, and then he encouraged believers to be diligent in doing good deeds um, in this letter, there are several places where the importance of good deeds are emphasized. And also Titus is told that someone will be coming to Crete to replace him and that he then is to return to Apostle Paul, who will be at Nicopolis. So here um, it shows that um, Titus, he was there to handle administrative. He had the gift of administration, apparently. Um, he had the um, he was an apostle, so therefore he was able to establish um, elders and deacons and things of that sort. He established how to, uh, he did, of course he had to do teaching. So he was a teacher. Um, he was able to, to teach about how to, um, have a healthy church and how, you know, and things of that sort. And he taught the gospel and he taught the word of God, um, during, during this time. And so when his time was up, he said, I'm about to tap you out. I'm going to send somebody else there to, you know, kind of finish the work. And I need you to come with me to Nicopolis. And so uh, when you read Timothy and Titus, you see that Paul had um, uh, representatives in all types of cities. Um, he, he even had, what was it? It was Timothy, it was Titus, and it was uh, Tychicus. Um, it was some other people that he sent to various cities to do some work. 
and he like he rotated them out. <laughs> That's what it seems like. And so, um, and so with these letters here. Um, when we look at Second Timothy, that's the same kind of the same thing. Paul is still teaching about false teachings. He's talking about the the structure of the church. Um, he's um, yep, and so he gives a clear, forceful instruction on the issue of false teachings and their teaching. Um, the apostle was deeply concerned about the terrible effects of false teaching in church. I mean, it was growing so much so. So that's why Paul had to um, expand. Um, he had to work smart. Um, to help people to uh, build their foundation in the word, to make sure that they're solid in the word. So when false teachers and false teachings begin to come, they're able to stand up against it, okay? Um, and so Paul wrote to encourage Timothy in his ministry. He exhorted Tim Timothy to be strong and faithful. He warned them to be aware of trouble that lay, lay ahead, both in the church and in the world. Also, Paul wrote, uh, to request Timothy to come to Rome to visit him in prison there. And so as we see here that Timothy, uh, that Paul is back in prison um, when he writes 2 Timothy here, okay? Um, when you read 1 first, first Timothy and Titus, you see that Paul is out traveling. He's doing some work. But when we read 2 Timothy, he's back in prison here. And he's at his end of, end of his line right here. And so he, he wants Timothy to come visit him in Rome. So in this book here, he's given Timothy even more encouragement. Um, you know, that's when we read about his grandmother and mother, Eunice, um, about the, the gifts that they had. They trained you up in the word. Um, and so that, that gift is inside of you. So I guess Timothy, he really struggled with fear. It must have seemed like he just struggled with a lot of fear um, and being timid because of the fact that he was young. So um, Paul had to constantly encourage him and constantly lift him up. And as leaders, that's what, we sh that's what we should be doing for other people. We should be encouraging them and lifting them up because doing this type of work is very nerve wracking. It, 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 it causes fear. Sometimes you just don't know. You know, you may say something that's off. Trust me, all the time, I'm like, I'm always thinking back what I said to you all to make sure that I'm saying it right. And if I don't understand some, I'll do some research and I'll address it in the next next class and things of that sort. Um, and um, and and I always get encouragement from Wayman. I get encouragement from my mentors. I get encouragement from Lindsay. The elders are always encouraging. So um, and so we have to encourage one another um, doing doing this type of work um, because it is it is a lot, and we're doing this for the Lord. So you want to make sure that you're you know you want to make sure that you're doing it right. And so um, just as Paul encouraged Timothy, uh, we should be encouraging one another too, okay? Any questions so far? I know I'm kind of flying through it. But that's basically the gist of, you know, 1 Timothy, 1 and 2 Timothy and Titus. It's, it's, it talks a lot about um, guarding the word and enduring the gospel and preach the gospel. And while you're, when you're preaching the gospel, you're going to, you're going to suffer for it. It's not going to be, um, it's not going to be an easy job. It's not easy at all. It's not ro uh, roses and, and pink lemonade. It's just, it's not, it's not easy at all. You will be talked about for your belief system. You will be challenged uh, for your belief system when it comes to dealing with um, situations in real life? Like, are you going to go with the crowd or are you going to stand on the word of God? Um, so we have to um, basically um, 
solidify in our belief system and make sure that we're standing on the right gospel, okay? Because we don't want to stand on anything that is false. We don't want to stand on anything that is that is off. And we are we are going to be held responsible uh, for that um, at the end of our days. So um, any questions or any comments on that? Okay. All right. I just want to just, uh, so that that's the pastoral epistles. Um, and so next week we're going to be hitting head into the general epistles. Okay. So we're going to be hitting those and I'm, I'm pretty excited because we are coming to the, the end of this class and we've been trucking through it. And I just thank God that you all are, are still trucking through it with me. <laughs> and so next week we're going to um, we're going to look at I'm going to try to do James and Hebrews next week. And then the week after that, we're going to do first, second, um, first, second, Peter and Jude. And then the week after that, we're going to do first, second and third John. So we got like um, we got like maybe four weeks left. So one month left. And we should be done with this class. So that, that's pretty ambitious to think we're gonna do James and Hebrews in one day. God bless you. Sister. I need God you to have you. faith. I need you to have faith. Okay. Okay. I, I'll have faith. <laughs> I'll pray you too. <laughs> we are going to go through it. <laughs> in one class. But I already got eight questions. I don't know what you're gonna do. I'm kidding. <laughs> So remember, we're just doing a surface review on, on the- Her faith is a little too strong for me because I don't uh, see how she about to do this either. That's, that's a lot. And then she, didn't say, she didn't even say revelation. Like we- I said that. I, well, I, I said th th these general pistols going to cover three weeks and then okay. revelation four. Oh, oh, you thought just yeah. you were going to do that one hour class? Oh, okay. All right, great. All right. Do your little overview, woman of God. <laughs> That's why I to remind you, we're not getting into doctrine. We're not getting oh, that. It's going to be mass questions. So you mention something about a beast. I know it. I ain't going to mention the beast. I ain't going to mention it. All I'm going to say oh, you is know, I will. We will. We will. Y'all yeah, <laughs> all, all I'm going to do is, is give you the author and when it was written and the outline and shut it down. That wing, yeah. we ain't got to go into no details because there's and a what, whole and that's where Elder Tammy gonna be like, I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do me like that. So there's gonna be <laughs> there's gonna be a class specifically for revelation, okay? Specifically for revelation, and it's actually a very long class. So I take it, I'm taking it now, and it's a total of 16 weeks. And so with us, it's probably going to be longer because there we do two week, two hour um, classes. And here we do an hour. So it's going to be just going to be a little long or whatnot. But um, but yeah, that's coming. So don't be coming with no beast questions. Don't be asked about no trumpets. Don't ask about no. We, we ain't going through all that. OK, I'm just going to shut you down and keep it moving. OK, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to even move and say moving on. We're moving on. OK, we're just going to keep moving on. All right. So any comments? <laughs> questions, things of that sort. I appreciate y'all. I see the, the chat. I appreciate it. Thanks, Bridget, for your support and your encouragement. 
Um, thank you, Renee, for, for being on. Appreciate you. Um, so, yeah. So if there are any other questions or concerns. I yeah, can you tell me about the bees, please? Uh-uh. See that? <laughs> beautiful, beautiful class. I loved it. I'm sorry I missed last week, but no, you made up week, for it. We didn't have a class last week. Um, it was canceled, but... Uh, oh, okay. So I didn't miss it. Okay. So you, yeah, so you good. So appreciate you. Um, being All right. Here. You have a great morning. I'll see you soon. All right. Thank you, ma'am. So I'm going to go ahead and pray out and we'll go on about our about our day. Okay. So Father God, we thank you for this day. Thank you, God, for your word, God, that uh, surpasses all understanding. Thank you, oh God, uh, for the beauty of your word. Uh, we thank you, oh God, that um, we are amongst um, individuals that encourage and love and support one another. Um, and that now we're just building the unity of faith, Father, that we are all on, on one accord when it comes to belief in you, Father. And it takes work. Um, it takes a lot of work and it takes a, um, a lot of skills. But we, we're thankful for the Holy Spirit that is constantly leading us and guiding us through this, oh God. And so, God, I, I pray for those who are um, filled with so many gifts and they're ready to express those gifts and so I pray, oh God, that we as leaders are um, being equipped and trained and trained to help um, the, the, the members to express those gifts, God, in the way, God, that you want for, for them to be expressed. But God, first we have to have to get, get some knowledge and understanding about them, Father. Um, so God, I thank you for this foundational work um, that we're going through. Um, it, it's, it's tedious. It, it takes um, a lot of time. But um, in it is a reward. And this is the way that we glorify the Father, according to John 15, um, 7 and 8, that if we abide, abide in you, God, um, and um, be your disciple, this is the way that we glorify the Father. And so uh, abiding in you is studying your word and um, leaning and depending and trusting in you, Father. So God, we love you. We bless you. We give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, you guys, have a good week. Have a good week.